Welcome to the Early Years Learning Framework podcast. My name is Jackie Ward. I'm the coordinator of the Early Learning Unit and I am here with Jess Townsing, uh, Peter Two extraordinaire. So welcome, Jess. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're, so today we're going to be talking about the learning outcomes. So in this series of podcasts, we've been talking about all the different bits of pieces of the um, Early Years Learning Framework. And today, Jess is uh, here to talk to me about um, really unpacking those ideas and what do they mean and hopefully helping um, educators understand them a little bit more. So the first one um, I kind of wanted to sort of unpack for me is that the idea that the learning outcomes are those broad sort of big picture statement ideas and then the, the parts underneath are the key components and those bits sort of really draw out that learning and in more detail. And for me, I kind of um, see lots of references when educators do, you know, LO4.1 or whatnot. And I feel like that there's a bit of a disconnect when we do that to what the learning is and what do those key components mean? Yeah, definitely. Those key components are a guide for educators to know what to do in everyday practice. So when you're writing just the number for it, it has no meaning for your whole team and it's not reminding yourself of what you're actually aiming to do that day. Yeah, definitely. And it's a real missed opportunity too, I think, to advocate for your professionalism, you know, to use the language of the early years learning framework rather than the references to the numbers or even quoting the whole thing. Because I think a family might, family members or, or you know, your broader school community or whoever might gloss over that because it's a bit mm. too, you know, terminology and whereas if you've sort of used some of the words within your documentation and within you know the way you speak about children's learning and to children as well or with children um, you tend to I guess broaden everyone's understanding of what those learning outcomes mean. Yeah I agree Um, if you use those key words in your programming then you're more likely to use them in your practice. That's true. And I think the other thing that you pointed out there too, Jess, is the idea that it really guides what you do. And within each part of the Early Years Learning Framework, well, the whole document is a guide for your practice, but within each one of those learning outcomes, there's examples for what educators might, what this um, outcome might look like for children. And on the right-hand column, there's examples of how educators might progress that learning. So again, when you sort of nut it out into those, you know, into that detail, you can really drill down to really um, fostering children's learning in a really meaningful and authentic way. Yeah. And in that left-hand column, like you're saying, it's great ways to have conversations with families. If you use that language to describe what children are learning at preschool, you're again being an advocate for early childhood education. Definitely. And I think the other thing um, that I also notice with the learning outcomes is that people sort of try and retrospectively mash them in rather than actually specifically looking for evidence of learning or assessing learning in that particular learning outcome. So we try and say, oh, there's an uh, observation of a child playing with Play-Doh and then, you know, we try and map it back to, oh, that's, you know, late relates to learning outcome number two or learning outcome number five. I'm going, really? Were they just doing all of that in that Play-Doh? Yeah. So I think when you sort of look for that learning and you sort of say, well, where is this child at in relation to, you know, their sense of identity or their sense of well-being or how are they communicating? What are their literacy and numeracy skills? What are their, you know, how are they um, experimenting, hypothesis? exploring, all of those sorts of things. Yeah, and you can use them to be really intentional. So when you're setting goals for children, you can look at those outcomes before you set up activities. 
so that you know what you're planning for and make exactly. it really intentional, which is what our goal is. Yeah. And I think that um, I often hear the tension for, for educators saying, but I thought we needed to be play-based and interest-based and I have to flow with the child's interests. Interests are really a vehicle for children's learning. They're not they're not the end goal or the intent of the learning experience. The, the learning outcomes really are those goals um, for children and the interests you know, if children are interested in um, something, they're much more likely to get a lot more out of that learning experience, aren't they? That's right. You could have an interest in dinosaurs and you could achieve any of the outcomes in the yeah, EYLF. that's right. Definitely. Mm. So I think we've talked a little bit about what those practices look like. But again, I think if you, you know, go to those ones that are sort of not uh, as commonly sort of connected with, I guess, I think it's probably e- it's an easy out to go to, you know, learning outcome number five. But what does, you know, like if we think about learning outcome number one and resilience, you know, what are we doing to promote children's resilience? Because I think this one is so significant Mm. and I think it's a real contemporary issue that children aren't developing the resilience that they need to cope um, in life, you know. Um, If we think about um, outcome number two and the idea that children understand about their connectedness to the community, again, that's really important and they're really big ideas about what does it mean to be a part of, you know, this community. I know you're from um, Wilcannia, Jess, so, you know, what does it mean to be uniquely part of Wilcannia? So those two outcomes are so valued in early childhood and get lost at school. So I find it really important to teach colleagues in my area that we need to foster these things within young children and then continue it into school. Definitely. And there are lots of strong links, I think. Um, For me, learning outcome number two um, maps really well to HISI and lots of different things. And outcome number one is linked to the learning, uh, to the wellbeing framework and things like that. But And, you know, there's lots and lots of cross connections and there's lots and lots of deep learning, I think, for ourselves when we really deep, you know, dig in deeply to those learning outcomes. We really think about them and we spend some time getting to know, you know, what do they look like and what do they mean? You might have already mentioned it, Jess. We talked about the idea of, um, you know, writing your own examples in the EYLF. It asks you to do that, but so many people don't. That's right. Yeah, that builds your capacity because you can see yourself in the curriculum. That's right. Yeah, that is um, fantastic. Uh, I guess uh, I think we've talked a little bit already about this idea of what does it look like to intentionally teach or facilitate learning in relation to the outcomes. I think you mentioned it, Jess, you really need to be quite purposeful, don't you? You need to plan specific activities and specific opportunities for interactions and lots of things that really map back to the learning outcomes. Yeah, that's right. So you can choose an element, a component of the learning outcomes, and then you can think with your team and map a whole learning progress for the children um, to follow. Yeah, definitely. And that could be looking at both individuals and groups, can't you? Because you might be thinking there's things that we want to work on collectively, Mm. Um, particularly some of the outcomes really lend themselves to that, especially, as I said, outcome number two. And then there's some things that you might be working on that are a little bit more nuanced with individual children. Um, Someone might need some extra um, support in some spaces. Someone might be, um, you know, performing at a really high level um, in other areas. And again, it's about bringing all that together. Yeah. And it's a amazing when you do plan for an individual and you're doing the activities within your preschool, you don't know who else is going to join in 
they can really get involved and extend the learning and there's something that you weren't even planning for so it's spontaneous. Yeah that's right and that's the good thing about um, you know I guess being really intentional with the learning outcomes if you've got an idea in mind about learning it doesn't really matter how that experience pans out because you're just working with those teachable moments and you know you've got that intent in mind if someone was interested in dinosaurs yesterday but they aren't today they're more interested in um, nature play or whatever um, you've still got that learning intention in your mind so you can still implement that in a different way. That's right and then the children still have their agency. Well, I think that's it from me, Jess. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, I just think that the outcomes and their indicators are just an amazing tool for educators and it will make your life easier if you explore them deeper. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, Jess. Thanks, Jackie.